Earl Gray for Jeremy? That's me. Ah, oh, thank you. All right, so, welcome back to a Lulz Cafe, where we spend time just talking about uh, life at the intersection of technology and theology and really understanding uh, how do we live well in this world, as Jacques Allo would have loved to have this conversation with us. Uh, had he been around, our patron saint would have enjoyed these conversations. So I'm thankful for getting back today and getting back into some of these conversations. It's been an interesting summer, a lot of stuff going on, and we've got a really interesting discussions that we're going to have this next few weeks uh, talking about online learning and AI and some other stuff that's coming up. But today, I'm here with my friend Aaron. Hi there. Aaron is a student uh, here at Moody Bible Institute who's studying in communications and, and done some stuff in graphic design. I've been a b- couple of my classes, so I'm super excited that she's here because she's only in town for like 24 hours. So this was a great opportunity just to sit down and talk with you. But today we're going to talk a little bit because Aaron had a different experience uh, because she came to Moody as a student on campus and then the pandemic hit and that kind of changed the trajectory of your education here at Moody. So can you tell us a little bit about that story and, and how you got here uh, both from I got to Moody at the beginning and then what happened after the pandemic hit? Yeah, so we, at being my husband and I, uh, moved to Chicago 2019. I had gotten into Moody and planning to do, you know, the traditional four years as a communication student, mm-hmm. part of the Moody Media Lab, all set to go. My second semester, kind of towards the beginning, and COVID hits. Mm-hmm. And my husband uh, is laid off as a result of COVID. Mm-hmm. And we suddenly realized... Um, the silver lining to this cloud is that remote studies mean he can open up his employment search to anywhere sure. and I can continue my studies. We don't have to choose between his employment and my degree. Yeah. So that's that's where it all started. Uh, since then, we have been in Tennessee. We have been in uh, Washington State and now we're up in B.C. So kind of traveling around and got to keep being at Moody while I did it. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> you've been in a couple of my classes and it's kind of been fun watching because I'm usually trying to guess where you're at based on where you're sitting and thinking like, okay, so you're in Washington State or you're in Canada. Like, oh, that, and and sometimes in the same semester, you were in different places. So you were moving around and it was an interesting thing to see. But talk to me a little bit about that experience because you were in-person classes and then you went to online, which, uh, you know, to be clear, a lot of people did. The vast majority of people, I think the numbers were something like fall of 2020, uh, over 90% of the people were involved in some kind of online learning process uh, if they were in college. And that, obviously those numbers kind of leveled out a little bit since then, but it's still pretty high. Uh, the last numbers I have say that something like 75% of students are engaged in at least one online learning experience in college, uh, and that's almost 25 million people. So that's, that's a lot of people learning online. Um, <clears throat> so talk to me about like what you saw uh, kind of making that transition. Like you're here live, then you go... Uh, like most people, to an online learning space. What was that like, that first transition? I think that first transition was rough, not just for me, but for everyone, Mm -hmm. as it was unexpected. Mm -hmm. The infrastructure wasn't there. Everyone was like, what is Zoom? We haven't heard of Zoom. (laughs) Or at least, you know, in in most students' lives, they hadn't heard of Zoom, and I'm sure for lots of professors as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was a rough adjustment, but it was also really cool to see how quickly a lot of people adapted to it, uh, especially the professors who, you know, all of a sudden are finding their camera angles and microphones and um, yeah it was I think the fact that I did get to see these spaces and meet people face to face first before it all went remote really helped Mm. having that context because it doesn't look like it does through a screen sure and and so 
you started to see them after the pandemic kicks in and somebody they start to settle in a little bit and they start to figure out okay so I'm, the technology is improving obviously uh here on uh, moody it went from being really simple like okay this is camera on my laptop to okay now you have a camera with a microphone to now cameras that are in the classrooms that move around and actually focus on people uh, can have omnidirectional microphones, which means basically I can hear the rest of the classroom, which was always a problem. Like I'm teaching and, and someone would ask a question and my, the other half of the online people would say, um, yeah, I can't hear that. What did they say? And so then I'm trying to constantly repeat the question, which means it takes more time just thinking through, hey, how do I answer this? Um, and, and that allowed uh, for some really, so I'll be honest, this was a really strange experience for me. Uh, when we went to online learning because it was one thing to say, okay, we're going to just teach online because I, I've taught some things online before and, and that was okay because that particular space has certain affordances, ways that you know you can teach and things you can do and can't do. But <clears throat> when we came back in that fall, the expectation was, no, there's going to be people in the class and there's going to be people not in the class. And some of them would be watching live online, which means you'd have to engage with them. And some of them would be watching after the fact. So now I have three audiences to think through. And the challenge was at first it was, well, you still got to wear a mask. And I'm like, okay, a lot of teaching is in your face and how you're going to express yourself. So I actually was excited because they said it's one point uh, in the city of Chicago, very, very seriously locked down. Like they were very serious about the ways what you could and couldn't do. So it wasn't a matter of, you know, well, we're going to not do it. It was kind of like, this is what you're going to do if you're going to stay open. And so they moved to a face shield, which I welcomed because I had the opportunity then to show my face. Mm -hmm. What was problematic about it was for me, at least teaching during the pandemic with that face shield was uh, I'm standing in front of a camera. But because now the face shield won't allow my voice to travel, I actually had to use my laptop microphone. And the laptop microphone, uh, because the face shield would make the sound hit the face shield and drop, I would have to talk loud enough that the people in the room could hear me, but not so loud as it would mess the microphone up in the computer, which essentially resulted in about two semesters of me just yelling at myself because I'm like talking really loud and the sound is bouncing in the shield back into my own ears. And I'm like, I just really don't like yelling at myself all day, which none of the students thought I was yelling. Like it didn't sound like I was angry, but it was this experience of like, I'm tired of listening to myself talk because I talk so loud and I couldn't control it because it was like, I can't talk quieter because I can't actually, you know, use a microphone or something so they can hear me. So it turned into this, okay, so there were a few times where it was like, no, we're actually going to go back. We're just going to do it online. And that was like, this is so much easier when I don't have to yell in my own face to try to talk to the people that I'm with in a room. Because the other thing was I like to move around, couldn't move around, got to stay near the microphone, got to stay in the camera. Uh, so the moment that, hey, you don't have to use that anymore. So I, I actually, somebody saw it in my office the other day and they're like, why do you keep this? I said, I, I kind of keep it as like a war memento. Like I just <laughs> remind myself, it's not that bad. Like, it's, it's, it's not that bad. You're still having a good day. Relax. You're not yelling in your own face. But um, then they started better cameras, better microphones. That actually started to help the conversation. Uh, and I didn't mind because um, you were in class with me for Team Dynamics. Mm -hmm. And that was like, a, okay, I have a bunch of people in the room and then a couple people who weren't. So how do I make sure that I include people? And how do I make sure that they're engaged? So talk a little bit about your interactions with people as you're watching online, because I know that at the beginning it just turned into, all right, everybody's going to lecture. 
So just sit and watch people talk for the next however many hours you're going to be at school versus some of them starting to figure out, hey, I got to some interactive things. Talk about that experience of, of just having to either watch it or figure out how to interact with it. Sure, yeah. There were a lot of growing pains like the ones you described, just figuring it all out. <laughs> uh, but it really helped when the students who were in the classroom took the initiative connect. So like in team dynamics, the, my first team was two of us online, two in the classroom, and the two in the classroom would join us on Zoom. And it was, um, they just took a, a lot of initiative on their part to get us connected, to get a text group going and do things that you would normally just do naturally in passing when you see each other, uh, making us feel like we were a part of being on campus even though we weren't. Mm -hmm. um, there were also a few classes that I saw were offered Zoom only and I always took those when it was the option mm. because if the professor only has to teach to one audience, mm -hmm. their full focus is going to be on that audience and mm -hmm. those were just better for me being on Zoom. Mm -hmm. But I do appreciate the ones that went out of their way to make sure we're integrated and that we could hear them and see them and uh, a lot of those were just easier when there were more people on Zoom. Mm -hmm. There were a few classes where I was the only person mm -hmm. and uh, I'm sure it would have been easier for everyone if I wasn't there, but I appreciated that they still yeah. let me do it in that format. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and so some of the things were like, because you can, like, say, play a game. So it was like, how do I make it so that the game, even teaching a game in Team Dynamics or something, was like, mm -hmm. okay, so whatever game I use, I have to make sure that there's a way to interact uh, and not... Uh, but even then, I realized there were trade-offs. Like, there was a couple of games where I started playing at the beginning that were speed games, and I realized that the delay... <laughs> from the video meant that a person playing a speed game might have gotten something up quicker. I didn't see it because basically the video lagged by a minute or you know a second or two, and then they're behind. So it became this like, okay, can't play those kind of games. Can't do this. Can't do that. So it was a lot of experimentation in, in trying to get there. And now I think it is getting a little bit better once you've got some things established and started to figure some things out. But So you've now transitioned fully. You are not coming back. You've obviously been gone, so you're just here for today. So thank you for coming. Happy to be um, here. Yeah, and, and yet you're still experiencing those things. Are they getting better? Oh, absolutely. And correct me if I'm wrong, at this point I believe professors have the opportunity to offer their classes without offering the hybrid option. Yeah, so we can offer classes um, if we believe that the pedagogy is not well served mm -hmm. in that format. So, for instance, uh, the Team Dynamics class, I have told them that they can't offer it in an asynchronous form because somebody watching it after the fact won't have engaged with their team to build the trust to do the things that they're supposed to do. But as long as, like you and your classmate did, as long as they're engaged live, I can still make this work. So my thing is to try and find ways to make it work for students, recognizing that I can't do everything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, I know that um, a video professor has struggled trying to figure out, like, how do I teach you to film a, a video when you don't have the equipment and I can't just show it to you? Because then at that point, you're just watching a YouTube video. Like, you actually have to operate some of this stuff and try it for yourself. So unless you have the equipment yourself, some things are really tricky to do like that. So there are some things that can be done and some things that can't and just giving us the freedom and the right to say, hey, if you want this done, this this is going to get done very differently. So I need a separate class that's completely different setup than this if we're going to do it that way. Uh, so we do have some of that. The other thing that was really tricky, I got to be honest, at the beginning for most of the professors was when uh, students just could decide, do I show up or not? Like it wasn't an expectation you'd show up. It was kind of like, well, we'll show up if we feel like it. Well, then it turned into like pajama day every like, you know, Friday or something like, oh, we're not coming. We're all staying. 
So it was like, so I drove all the way here an hour and a half to sit with one person in the classroom and the rest of you online. I could have just told that person to stay home in your pajamas. I'll stay home in mine and we can work this out. So it was like there, the, the tricky part was never knowing quite what was going to happen until you set some clear expectations. And I think that's actually what helped was starting to set some really clear expectations about the relationship that we're going to have as we try and do this so that neither one of us was frustrated by it at the end. Like, you know, hey, I didn't get what I needed and you showed up or you switched or you moved to online or you moved to asynchronous and I was anticipating more people being here, the game doesn't work now, whatever it is, knowing like here's what we can expect from one another and getting that clearer just required more communication to get that clear. And, and I think at the beginning that wasn't happening. And as time went on, that communication then improved the experience for both the, the professor and the students because then it became, okay, we both know what to expect now. Um, so talk to me about experiences that you thought this might have actually been uh, better if I'd have been on campus. And then talk to me about expe- experiences where you say, no, it was way better that I wasn't on campus. This, this sure. actually worked for me. Sure. So I do, I have a lot of respect for the fact that professors can make that choice because it's going to be better for me as well if they say this this isn't going to work on zoom mm-hmm. rather than begrudgingly doing it and <laughs> right. me being on zoom and being like this isn't working um but as far as things that uh, didn't didn't go so well on zoom i'd say at the beginning just with all the growing pains and a lot of people not most happy about being on Zoom and that sometimes coming across as not necessarily giving Zoom students the attention Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. um, just the care that some of the in-classroom students got. And I understand that. I'm not trying to point fingers. Yeah, of course. As far as things that worked really well on Zoom, uh, I think being, I was on agency Mm -hmm. and being on the creative agency was really awesome on Zoom because it was such a diverse team and we were all over the place Mm -hmm. and that meant we were able to network and get uh, jobs and projects Mm -hmm. from all the contexts we were in in different countries and just make agency more of a what I believe is a real world agency experience Mm -hmm. than just all being on a a college campus. Yeah well and even some of the clients that the agency was working with at the time even if they were in Chicago, they weren't coming here to meet us. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, that, that team was forced to say, hey, even if they were here, even if we were all live on campus, they wouldn't show up. We'd have to do it on Zoom anyway. So what does it look like to you know, coordinate schedules? And, and I do think in some ways you're right that that's more of a real-world experience right now with all the remote teams and the ways that they're working to say, okay, learning to coordinate the schedules, learning to communicate online, learning to um, to to figure out how to make the accommodations for the people where they're at and what's going on uh, is just going to be part of life for most people going forward, especially as they start to work. But you said today, when you came to, to you came to campus, you actually sat in a couple classes. What was that like? So you came back. Yes. Now you've been in a class like, oh, that was, that was something. Yeah, um, I think I said it hits different. Just being there, especially because I'm in senior seminar right now. This is my last semester, mm-hmm. and there's only about five of us graduating from the communications program since the fall semester, so it's a small group. Yep. And <clears throat> online, it you don't get that sense of camaraderie that you do mm. sitting in a circle with cameras all in front of us. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it hits different. I wouldn't say, you know, I I I would feel like I was missing out if I hadn't gotten that experience. But I am glad I did get that experience mm. of just being in there, seeing everyone face to face, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you and I just talked about like uh, we've never met before in person. Yes. So like like we've talked to each other multiple times, even on your internship and some other stuff, but we've never actually sat down in the same room. And it's just it is a different experience and good to see your face. Yes, it's without a screen. Yes. Mediating it. Yeah. Uh, but but what do you think were the trade-offs in that screen? What what do you think that did different? that you gained and lost? Because we always talk about on here that technology always has a trade-off. You always gain something and lose something. So what do you think you gained? Obviously, some freedom of movement. What do you think you gained and what are some things you think you lost? I also think in my classes that had other Zoom classmates, we gained more interaction with each other because in a traditional lecture, you're all sitting facing the front. Mm-hmm. On Zoom, you see everybody's faces. Mm-hmm. So you get uh, you know, the little nonverbal cues because you see people making faces or mm-hmm. Um, you kind of just interact with people in a way you don't when you're all facing the same direction. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty cool. Um, Plus maybe. you can chat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Let's be honest. You guys were doing that. I'm aware. And the funny part to me was that there were professors who didn't realize until more recently that there was private chat. So they oh. were like, oh, so they've been talking to each other this whole time and I couldn't see any of it. Like, yeah, they were really probably talking to each other about what's going on because they don't have to send it to you. They can send it to each other. And I was like, and I'm pretty sure there's a way that they could even have done it without you. Like, you can send it to every classmate but the professor. Like, the presenter's the only one who didn't see it. And I was like, they were like, oh, my gosh. What have they been saying? I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't think you can go back and look, so too bad for you. Well, I can tell you the last one I sent. Okay. I have my apologetics class is Zoom only, and it, it breaks in the middle for chapel. And one of my classmates in the first half looked completely different than she did during the second half. And I was like, did you just go get a haircut during chapel break? <laughs> and she was like, oh, I just straightened my hair and did my makeup. <laughs> okay. All right. So, okay. Yeah. But hey, lots yeah, of stuff you can do and you can't do. But um, So you you gain the capacity to engage with students and there's some, and you obviously gain flexibility because like I said before, you were mm-hmm. moving around. Like you were yes. definitely in different locations. And at some point I started thinking, like, maybe she's in a tent in the middle of the woods somewhere because technically if you get Wi-Fi, it doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah, which is awesome. I was able to go visit my mom's side of the family in California and just keep doing my classes. Um, tomorrow I'll do one from Wisconsin. The next day I'll do one from Tennessee. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it is, it's really great. And I think it's really cool to be able to represent the Moody community wherever I am mm. and not just be in this bubble. Yep. Um, I get to be a Bible college student in Vancouver, working at a coffee shop there with non-Christians, mm-hmm. not just, you know, in here where it's safe and my opinions are all uh, validated. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. So what do you think you, so based on what you're learning in your reflections, what do you think you lost in that? I lost community. Mm. A lot of uh, community I just had to go find myself, mm-hmm. whereas it would have been, you know, in, intrinsic here. And a lot of it I wasn't able to find myself and recreate mm-hmm. because there's just something different about, uh, you know, waking up with the same group of people on the same campus mm-hmm. and doing meals together and just the things that happen without being scheduled. Mm. There's no way to do that online. You have to schedule it. <laughs> you know, no one's yeah. going to just casually drop into a Zoom call and be like, fancy seeing you here. So. <laughs> A bit of the spontaneity it was lost for sure. Yeah, yeah. And that sense of community <clears throat> required you to, to create some other communities outside mm-hmm. and to really lean into some of those communities yeah, uh, that may or may not have. The, the, the interesting part for me with all of you, and, and it's kind of an interesting discussion, and I have different students of different ages 
who are, are in different places in their life. But often what I find fascinating is it's one of the few times in the, the lifespan of a person where you are sitting with a room full of people who are pretty close to your age. Like when I go to church, the, the, the age span is huge. Uh, when I go to, when I you know, go anywhere else, but in college, they all tend to kind of, for the most part, with a handful of exceptions who come in in different parts later in their life, uh, the most part, they're all kind of within like five, six years of each other, which, and, and in a lifespan development, they're all kind of in the same uh, wrestling space. What I mean by that is like, they're in this space where they're wrestling with, uh, what's my future career? Uh, what is my ro- romantic relationship component look like? Um, what is my future goals, plans, dreams, that kind of stuff, because those are being shaped by what I learned, what I could do, what I couldn't do, what I was into, what I wasn't. And even how I'm going to relate to my peers and the expectations. But it's one of the few times in your life where, yes, you do go to high school, but there's not the flexibility there to just, like you said, spontaneity to go, hey, let's go, you know, run around Chicago and try something. Or, hey, let's just stay up late and, and, you know, play board games or something. Like, it's not something that my high school student children are able to just pop off to their friend's house till midnight and come back whenever they want. Like, it is a, a an unprecedented space where there is a high level, and this is what I talk about in a couple of other spaces, but a high level of a high level of agency and independence, and a, and the lowest relational, you know, not necessarily it doesn't feel like it, but the of responsibility. Mm-hmm. So a high level of independence and agency, and a low level of responsibility, comparatively. You still have responsibilities. You still have to have a job. You still got to pay your bills. I understand that but it's probably the lowest it's going to be for most of the rest of your life. You don't have a house. You don't have two cars. You don't have, you know, three dogs to take care of or children or even aging parents that you got to, like, this is one of the lower levels of responsibility compared to the level of independence that you're feeling. And and so that connection and community, even if you found it outside, unless you went to another college campus where you found the people of the same age, it's not going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And for some people, they, you know, that's a lamenting thing like oh college is over i'm done with being with my peers Uh, for another group of people though that's not their experience you know across the board so talk about how that's forced you to join and engage in community that you may have had to hey i was going to wait four or five more years and get some nice you know encouraging uh, opinion validating community Uh, what that's what that's looked like for you as you've gotten out of here because we know that a bunch of people are about to graduate and have to go find it Well, I do feel that I have missed out on something Mm -hmm. in that aspect, and that is something I won't have the opportunity to get again, but I did get the opportunity to, like you said, make my own community Mm -hmm. where I went, as well as kind of get a balance of the responsibility and autonomy, because I was able to go get a job, and I'm graduating with more money than a lot of people who lived mm-hmm, on campus mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that that makes graduating a little easier because I don't feel the, the strain of going out in the big wide world and what do I do because I've already been doing that a little bit mm-hmm. and I found community in church and I found community in my workplace and honestly online too there's been such a huge surge of communities that have sprung up um, you know, it started as joining a Discord Pokemon Go server and cool, then cool. finding, you know, starting a Discord server for uh, a lot of the people who lived in the neighborhood I lived in. And then that grew into meeting up in person and mm-hmm. just making communities as well as finding them. Mm. 
And and yeah, there's been a lot of discussion lately about Discord as a, as a way for people to enhance community. But you're saying you use Discord to start community and then that turned into real life. I don't hear that as often as I... It did, yeah. There were... So I lived in Olympia, Washington at the time and there were a few people who posted on the Olympia subreddit saying, how do you meet people here? Mm-hmm. And there were a few more of us like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so we said, well, let's try a Discord server. So we made it and we uh, kept getting more more people joining. And then we said, why don't we start doing events? We'll go on walks, we'll go for brunch. Mm. And yeah. So so when you were using Discord in that space, um, were you using, because I know there's multiple features on Discord, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a text thread kind of thing, but there's also like a live audio hangout thing. Yes. So what were you using when you started this? Yeah, we did some movie nights with the live audio hangout. We okay. started, you know, just text channels, various yep. subjects, and then added a tag that people could get that would notify them when we're going to have a movie night and they could vote on the movie we'd watch and just join and hang out and watch a movie. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and so like, how did you cue that? Like, did everybody just start at the same time? No, there, uh, you can screen share oh, okay, through Discord, okay. so yeah. So one person would host. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay, I got you. Now. I was like, man, what happens if I go to the bathroom, pause it, and I'm five <laughs> minutes behind you? Like, I was just getting making popcorn, and i sorry I'm off by... What happened? Wait, I didn't watch this yet. Um, as long as you mute yourself when you go to the bathroom. Yeah, no, for <laughs> real. Yes, no, that's a, that's a, that's a real thing. Um, and dis- and fascinating to me because, I mean, obviously Discord using, like you just said, for Pokemon Go and some gaming type things, but finding a lot more uh, opportunity for different kinds of things like that. I've even been encouraging some small groups that I know, like, hey, if you want to keep connecting, Discord's not a bad platform for you guys to keep working on because it has so many different outlets. I'm, but the one that fascinates me the most is the Hangouts, mm-hmm. like the ability just to say, hey, we're just going to hop on and hang out. And it's like you're going back to, like, uh, you know, 19... 19- what 30s and 40s party line on a telephone where you could just pick up a phone and everybody could talk at the same time like okay this is weird that we're like literally jumping back 70 or 80 years rather than like oh no we're going forward with this brand new technology where we meet each other all in vr like no we're just actually just going to hang out and all talk to each other at the same time like interesting um best movie experience for you one one that you were like this was so fun doing it on discord I gotta be honest. I don't actually enjoy the movies as much. <laughs> like, I want to be able to jam. pause my movie and go get my popcorn. <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. And so, did you guys do just a, like singular movies, or did it turn into like okay, let's watch seasons of things, or just singular movies in that yeah. server? And so, what else? What? So you said you went on walks and you scheduled some other meetups and that kind of stuff. Uh, and you just like parties, or not so much. It was more casual. Uh, tended to be in that group, late 20s, early 30s, mm. mostly new uh, new residents of the city who had moved there and mm-hmm. were in kind of that weird space where how do you make friends that you're not in school? And right. If your coworkers aren't your cup of tea, yep. <laughs> then how do you expand that social circle to meet more people? Yeah. A lot of us aren't in a space where we want to just go hang out at bars. I think sure. that was a thing of the past that's of being how you meet people. Mm-hmm. But Discord does have, like we talked about, that spontaneity that gets lost um, when you're not all together. When you are all together in a server, you can have some of that spontaneity saying, who's around, do you want to hang out on a call? Yeah, yeah, and and I get get that my sons are on Discord and they'll get a, like, oh, somebody just invited me into a call. So they'll be like, oh, okay, I can go hang out. Uh, So what are some things that you, if you had the chance 
would tell um, professors to, hey, this really helped me, this really didn't. Uh, can you do more of this or can you uh, just find a way to solve this better or not do that at all? Yeah, one thing that really helped, uh, can I shout out a professor in particular? Sure. So Prof G, when I was going to be in his uh, multimedia storytelling class, he met with me before the semester Mm -hmm. and said, how can I best serve you as an online student? How can we make this semester a success? Mm -hmm. And scheduled meetups with me throughout the semester, kind of a midpoint and Mm -hmm. end point Mm -hmm. to make sure I was still on track with the class and was going to, you know, and was interacting as best as I could. Mm -hmm. And I know that's going above and beyond, um, especially if you have multiple students Mm -hmm. on Zoom. Mm -hmm. But just knowing in any small sense that a professor sees you on Zoom, knows you're there, and still cares that you're going to learn as much as the people in the classroom Mm -hmm. really helps. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Did you have any where you did, like, learning cohorts because you had multiple people online, they just put you in a small group together? Yes. I actually love that. When, if there's multiple of us, yeah, put us all in a group together uh, because we're, we're all in the same space so we can work together to remind each other of deadlines mm-hmm. and do things that happen naturally on campus where students say, oh, hey, don't forget that's due tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're put together on Zoom, then we can do those things. Okay. Uh, so you would say probably harder than when you were the only student on Zoom. Yes. Talk about that. Yeah, there have been a few classes where I'm the only student on Zoom and occasionally you feel a little bit like a second-rate citizen because you Mm -hmm. get forgotten up there and (laughs) various things and it's understandable it's hard to teach to i'm i imagine it's hard to teach to multiple audiences Mm -hmm. it's like teaching two classes at once um and it's it's been for me i've had to be like hyper organized Mm -hmm. i think a lot more so than if I were in this environment all the time and mm-hmm. everyone else was doing it with me. I've had to, you know, make my calendar and get all my Zoom links in a document and know when I'm cl- clicking on which one and things like that. So would you say then that the type of student that would work best in, in an online environment are probably the people who are more naturally organized versus the students who tend to be, you know, like, well, I'll figure it out tomorrow or I'll just fly by the seat of my pants or I'll just find a link when I get there and it'll... You're, you're shaking your head yes, like, yes, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Don't, if you're that person, don't do a Zoom class. Only do remote if you are willing to put in the work and be organized and take initiative because it takes a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, I, and I know that. And, and even when, in the moments when, like you're talking about, I'm trying to set up a, hey, let's have a halfway point to talk. Uh, I've done a couple of things where I set up sometimes for online students just to ask questions because it was like, hey, I know you probably feel like you can't ask as many questions as you could if you were live, uh, but the, the key component to me is if I just keep going back to them, to asking them, hey, you know, hey, online, I need an answer from you. Hey, I need you to respond. That, that then, like, okay, he's going to call on me at any time, so at least I know you're probably going to pay attention a little better if I do regularly call on the person online rather than, oh, well, I yeah, I forgot you were there. I didn't think about that. So... There, there are some things that you can do on the professor side to actually help this process, but ultimately the, the, the student side gets way more difficult for the professors we're starting to engage if they're not ready mm-hmm. because that becomes then a, well, wait, I got to do these extra other things and I'm trying to make sure that it works for you, but you're not, you know, oh, you showed up 10 minutes late because you couldn't find the Zoom link. Like, okay, we, we put that on there. We make sure that we get everything ready. And now I've been 10 minutes behind 
the other one that I, I got to be honest, the one that, and, and this is where I, you know, there's, I struggle with the technology is because there's moments where the, it's not working and it becomes a, uh, this, you know, spins out or cycles out and the person's disconnected. And now I'm spending class time trying mm-hmm. to fix that so I don't lose you. But I know, like, I can only do this for so long before the people in the room, hey, it's been 10 minutes. Are we doing this? Are we, what are we doing? So there's this, like, okay, there's a troubleshooting part of this that when the technology works, it's amazing. But when it doesn't work, it's the worst. It's mm-hmm. so, because nobody's having a good time. You're trying to connect online and I can't get you in. I can't get it to work. The people in the room are watching me work on a computer instead of actually having an engaging conversation. So it becomes this let's make sure we can get the kinks worked out as much as we can because when it's not it's rough mm-hmm. and <clears throat> the other things that i that i have struggled with and i've been trying to figure out and i think there are still some solutions that can be adapted and work through as we go forward are things like uh, the cameras in the classroom i notice only capture about the top the bottom half of the board so whenever i'm writing i have to be really careful because if i write on the bottom half some of the people in the back can't see but if i write on the top half the people online can't see so the ability to draw or write or put things up on the board becomes much more difficult, whereas the slides work way better because now everybody can see them. Uh, so thinking through very carefully, like, what can I prepare ahead of time versus what would I like to just live draw uh, and use illustrations and things like that, or even, you know, whiteboard a session or something like that. How do we create tools that are better mm-hmm. at that uh, rather than, uh, okay, we'll just do the whole thing online and we'll just type it all in the chat. Well, the people in the room would then have to join the chat and engage mm-hmm. that way. So it makes some things a little trickier. So any other suggestions for professors? Because there might be a few of them listening to this afterward going, oh, yeah, tell me what, what I can do. Yeah, actually, a few little practical things that kind of popped up from what you said. Yep. So one thing that I really appreciated that you did in um, media strategies was um, kind of calling on us online. Mm-hmm. Because we can't always see everyone in the classroom and sometimes you're kind of, when it's just open discussion time, you mm-hmm. look around to see if anyone's going to speak before you go. Yep. And when you're on Zoom, you can't see that. And you're, you have to unmute and just go for it and commit <laughs> if you don't know if you're about to speak over someone. Right. So I appreciate it when professors say online and any thoughts. And then you know, like, okay, I'm going to unmute and talk now. Okay. Um, also, I like looking at who's in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And if I know one of them, um, I just kind of keep them text ready so if something <laughs> happens like if it disconnects and oh, good. so I can just be like hey when it's a good time can you let the professor know that the video cut out or something like that rather than trying to disrupt the whole class yeah no and that's super helpful to have that because I know that I've had a couple of times where they're like hey they can't hear you mm-hmm. or it sounds like you're really far away or you're muffled or something's wrong and I I can't tell because I do do an audio check at the beginning mm-hmm. but if it happens halfway through Unless somebody can say, hey, I'll regularly visually check, but that doesn't mean I'm checking fast enough to be able to say, hey, this is going to come back quick enough. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Yes. Also, um, like you talked about the presentation versus live drawing, things like that. I've had classes where the professor has included Zoom students by saying, okay, one of you share your screen and type up these things as the class talks about them. Mm, And so we're just kind of live brainstorming together. Mm. That's good. That's that's good. And, and I've also forced people in different classes to draw. I was forcing them to draw something in class, so then I forced them to draw online. It gets really interesting to see, like, okay, how, how well does your camera work in yes. terms of showing off a drawing that you did or something that worked like that versus, okay, the people in the room. Uh, the other thing is that's fascinating is I've made the students in the room 
um, basically if they drew a picture, I made them parade in front of <laughs> the camera to be, hey, the online students need to see what you did because they're going to show you theirs. So it became this like, and what was fascinating for me, even to watch and think through is that uh, some of the online students or some of the in-class students, yeah, obviously, you know, the online students are going to show their drawings. The in-class students actually were watching the projection rather than the person who's standing in front of them. So they watch the screen, even though the person's right there, they're like, I can see the picture better on the screen than I can. So it became this like, okay, but that's not a bad thing because if you're sitting in the back row and the person walks up and you can't see their picture, now it's on the screen and you can see. So there were some, some things that were super helpful if I was asking you to do something in class. If it had done small, the, the camera actually helped everyone, not just the person online. That's very cool. So there's some, some ways that you can play with that that'll make people think like, oh, there are some affordances here. Um, and, and some of it works really well. Uh, the thing that I do miss is seeing faces because the, the two things that throw me, to be clear, often are, one, the, there's lag. And no matter what you do, there's going to be a little. And so if you tell a joke... Uh, it is the longest pause in the world <laughs> waiting for like, or like the, you know, like if you're doing it online, it's like, okay, I know I got to pause and wait for the laugh. But in, in the class, it's like laughing. And then the people are laughing two seconds later, like, oh, you just heard that. Like it just came through for you and you're just, so it's always this recognition in me of like, there is this gap and I have to, even when I ask a question, give the gap because if I ask the question, I say online, I can't just say online and no one answers for two seconds, that might just be the lag. That's not the actual response. Mm -hmm. So I gotta give more time to, to thinking that part through. Uh, the other part for me is when there isn't enough to say send it to a small group. When there's enough for a small group, that's great. I can kick you to a breakout room and everything works. But when there's not, then it becomes even things like trying to think through, like in team dynamics, how did I get your classmates? And, and even my team dynamics class now has a couple of students who are doing it uh, who have to literally just say, okay, we're just going to FaceTime you in, mm -hmm. or we're just going to you know, do a separate video call to bring you in, because realistically, I can't put all of them on the screen in the room. So <clears throat> we even did one the other day. Uh, we did the, the speed friending thing where they had to go around and talk about their strengths, and I made a station out of my computer. That person who's sitting on the computer trying to listen while the whole room is talking mm -hmm. was like, it wasn't actually as bad, I don't think, for the person online as it was for the person trying to talk because they were literally as close as you could get. And this is way too loud. Like, what are you doing? But it was like, I can't hear you because I can't turn the speakers up any louder because the whole room is talking. Mm -hmm. So there, there were some things that were, I need to, I want to engage with you. But in doing so, I actually lost something being in the room because I wanted to hear you. I couldn't hear you very well. So it was almost like, do I get headphones for each person to put on when they walk up? But worked out. But there's just this, I think the second thing is it requires, and we're not talking enough about this, but it requires uh, a flexibility of attitude and approach from everyone. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't have everything when I walk into this space. And as much as we say, well, it could be just as good of an experience, my, I'd say it can be a different experience, but everybody who's doing it has to be more flexible and has to be willing to be flexible to go, hey, this isn't what I what I thought it was going to be before. It's not. And so that's why I do think there is a benefit as often as possible to pick. Do I do this face-to-face -face or do I do this mediated? As much as you mix those, then the more you mix those two mediums, hey, I'm doing face-to-face -face and I'm doing Zoom call, 
the more flexible everybody has to be, not just the people online, not just the professor, but even the students in the classroom. So that, that flexibility of approach and attitude, like, well, I don't have to do this with my other classes because people aren't online, or I don't have to do this with other classes because people aren't live. Everybody has to have a more flexible, adaptable attitude to it, or this is going to be uh, not as a, a positive of an experience as it could be. So that's the, now, one thing I will say is I feel like the expectation and that of that flexibility and adaptability uh, was forced on everyone by the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And most people have gotten their head around, well, this is the way things are. It's the, I still don't like it and I don't want to do this and let's go back to whatever that is. Well, good luck with that because I don't think there is a going back. So now the question is, how do we do this better going forward? So any last thoughts as we talk about this experience of your online education? Yeah, like I think you, you mentioned, it is a trade-off we can it's going to be different Mm -hmm. and for me the difference is while i lost some of the experience and aspects i would have gotten being on campus i got to keep going to school here Mm -hmm. when life pulled us out of the state Mm -hmm. so it's absolutely been worth it to me and i appreciate people making those allowances and making it work and figuring it out even though it's been painful and awkward (laughs) and all of those other fun things we all went through together but it's been, a, it's been good, and I'm glad I've had a chance to interact with you and just, you know, watch how you're learning. And, and I, I will be honest, I really appreciated the multiple times we've talked just hearing you being giving honest feedback like this isn't helping me or I need this. Uh, and that feedback from students to say, how can I help you? Because there's times where it's like, I think this is working. I think this is good, but I need somebody to say, I'm sitting on the other end and it's not. Or I'm sitting on the other end and yes, do more of that. Or I'm sitting on the other end and... I don't know what just happened because this thing's not what I thought it was or this assignment's not the way I should be or this whole system you've set up isn't going to work for me because of where I'm at and what's going on. So just the feedback loop in that communication, and that's the one thing I do think that this requires more of, which is what you hinted at earlier, is that online education requires more communication, Mm -hmm. like more, like not just a little and not just in different ways, like a lot more to think through I have to keep communicating and keep providing feedback or else uh, the silence feels like a lack of caring Mm -hmm. and so at some point that communication needs to keep happening or else on either side it feels like hey these people don't the students don't care the professor doesn't care and it's not that it's that you actually have to be more active like you just said be more active in your communication and not wait and go okay well they'll come find me they might not you're going to have to seek it out. You're going to have to take initiative. You're going to have to be organized on both sides of this conversation to actually make this relationship work going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming in and hanging out. I really appreciate you doing this, and it's just great to see me. you and actually meet you face-to-face and talk yes, to you. which is so funny to say nice to meet you to someone. I've been <laughs> in so many classes and agency and internship stuff with. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Well, if you have... Um, more questions for us here at Alos Cafe. We love hearing your questions. You can email me at profpettit at gmail.com. That's prof, P-R-O-F-P-E-T-T-I-T-T at gmail.com. Yes, that's four T's. I know it's a lot. Uh, profpettit at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your questions, and we would look forward to hanging out and hearing what you have to say and think, especially about this topic, because some of you actually have this experience and and the people that are listening to this actually do engage in some of this more than some of the people maybe that are even on campus. So we'd love to hear your questions and and love to reach out and, and get back to you. Thank you so much for joining us. 
and Aaron, have a wonderful trip back to Canada. Thank you. Take care.